0: If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians! You're listening to the podcast where math is outable. I'm Pam Harris. And I'm Kim Monaghy. And you've found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do. But it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor mathematicians as we co-create meaning together. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be.
1: So a few weeks ago, we talked about place value, right? Some mm-hmm. noticing. Episode some
0: 100, place value. Oh, yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, so those were about when um, multiplying by 10, just noticing patterns that emerge. Today, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a subtle nuance in solving multiplication problems, about becoming more sophisticated, a, a more sophisticated relationship that we want to nudge students towards.
0: And I'm going to say, this is something I think we talk about. We do. We help students uh, progress. We help them develop this relationship. But I'm not sure I've seen this anywhere else. So this is a little subtle, um, but so cool and so powerful. And let's get right at an example. So if I were to ask a relative beginning I shouldn't say beginning multiplier, but someone who's learning maybe double digit multiplication, bigger number Mm -hmm. So not like single digit, like what does multiplication mean? But we're kind of getting to maybe problems like 40 times 17. So Mm -hmm. 40 times 17, if I were to, so maybe, maybe pause the, um, the podcast for a second, you figure out, how would you figure 40 times 17, get a handle on the relationships a little bit. So come on back. So, (laughs) If, if we were to hand that to a student who's just thinking about these sort of bigger numbers and they're kind of making sense of 40 times 17, often we would find that a first go-to strategy for students might be something like or would be something like, okay, I need 40 17s. So I'm going to think about, ooh, ooh, 10. I got That's why we just brought up this idea of multiplying by 10. 10 17. So a student might say, I know 10 17s is 170 but i need 40 of them so 20 17s they would double the t- the 170 to get 340 double 170 to get 340 so now they have 20 17s and then they might think about doubling the for, the 20 17s double that 340 to get 680 and now they have 40 17s so they might think about that 40 anything really mm-hmm. as 10 of them double that to get 20 of them and double that to get 40 of them whatever that is and that's a typical, that's, it's fantastic. We want students to be thinking about, okay, if I'm thinking about 40 of these guys, you know, whoa, I like, how can I get up there? We might have students thinking more additively, but, but when they're thinking more multiplicatively, which is what we're, we're heading towards this, that's brilliant. We want kids kind of thinking about like, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but 40 things, 10 of them, then I could kind of double up to get 40 of them. Or maybe I'd, Maybe even once I had 20, I could add the 20 and 20 to get 40. And in mm-hmm. some way, they're kind of using that 10 in a helpful way. Right. So I remember the day, Kim, I remember yeah. the day when I realized my brain was starting to make a shift that mm. for, for maybe a hot minute, I had been shifting and, and it felt like a sophistication shift. It felt like I was doing something more sophisticated that when I began to look at a problem like 40 times 17, I began to say to myself, I'm going to think about four 17s, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to scale that times 10. I began to see 40 less as 10, double to 20, double to 40, and more more multiplicative as four times 10. And if I could think about 40 as four times 10, Then I literally, and maybe it was because I was dealing with ratio tables so often, but if I were to do 40 times 17 today, I would write down one to 17, a ratio table with one to 17. And then I would think about two 17s as 34. And then I would think about four 17s as 68. And then I would scale four to 40 times 10, and then 68 times 10, to get 680. Yeah. That's pretty interesting that you can remember exactly when that happens. Oh my gosh. I remember the day I remember thinking, "Ah, that's more sophisticated. Yeah. Like I'm seeing so many kids use, and I was, I had like really like kind of finding the 10 and then, and then multiplying up from there instead of multiplying up and then scaling by 10. Yeah. And I found that kind of interesting so yeah. if we were to use the associative property to kind of look at that, we might think about that forty times seventeen. Well, we might think about it in, in more of a distributed property way, where it's sort of like ten times seventeen, and then maybe add that to another ten, or 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 maybe 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 then mm, yeah maybe maybe if I was to stay with the associative property, ten times seventeen is kind of is is in parentheses, and then times four, versus. Four times seventeen in parentheses, then times ten. Mm-hmm. Is that a way to write that? Do you, does that? Do you agree with that, Ken? Uh I didn't. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. It's okay. Say it again. If I'm thinking about forty times seventeen, the first uh-huh. way, the less sophisticated way, uh-huh. I wonder if I could write that as ten times seventeen mm-hmm. times four. Mm-hmm. It's so like I'm thinking about the 10 times 17, I'm finding that 170, and then I'm messing with that to get four of those groups. Mm-hmm. I might do that by doubling to get 20 of them and then doubling again, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really focused on the 10 times 17. And then sure. I'm focused on getting four of those groups somehow Yeah. versus what we're kind of want to nudge kids towards is thinking about 40 times 17 as four times 17, that's in parentheses, mm-hmm. then, and find that, then scale that times 10.
1: Um, Can I actually tell you about something that happened? So when um, Cooper, my youngest, was in third grade, he started towards the very end of the year. He was starting to dabble in a little bit of, I don't know if it was two digit multiplication or two digit by two digit, Mm -hmm. but certainly some larger multiplication problems, multi digit. And I remember he he had some problem that was probably something like, I don't know, 70 times 12, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be, you know, he was comfortable with the ratio table. And I thought, okay, cool. Let's, like, you're going to chunk your way up there for a while. It's going to take you a, a minute. <laughs> to get
0: 70. To get, to get 70, 70 Right. That's a
1: lot of 12s. Yeah. And so I was prepared to sit next to him and kind of like, you know, talk to him about what pieces do you know and like work his way there. And I remember being so fascinated. Let, like,
0: before, before you do, before you go on to what he did, you were prepared to have him do something like 10 oh, times like 12. 10
1: times 12, 20 times 12, 40 times 12, like add some add some groups of tens together, exactly like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um just groups of tens building up to 70 12s. Mm-hmm. And and he didn't. And I was not prepared for that. What he said was, <laughs> Oh, it's like it's like seven times twelve times ten. And I thought, how in the world do you know that? And, and we have, he he was so confident about his understanding about 70 was seven tens or seven times 10. He was thinking multiplicatively about 70 to begin with Mm -hmm. that. Then when you said times 12, he was, he, he had an understanding about saying that's the same as or equivalent to seven times 12 scale that by times 10. And I wasn't prepared for that. I gotta be honest with you. I, I, was like, are you sure you know that?
0: (laughs) um, So we had similar moments. It was in my brain. I was recognizing what my brain was doing, and you were recognizing what Cooper's brain was doing. You're like, man, like that's. And in that moment, both of us, I think had this sort of like, aha, that that's more multiplicative. Sure. And that is part of our goal. We want not only to move students from counting strategies to additive reasoning, to multiplicative reasoning, but in multiplicative reasoning, we want to also get more multiplicative in our reasoning. Yeah. And that 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 that, that could be a goal. Yeah. Um, so for example, you might think about problems like, um, I was talking about 40 times 17 earlier. So because we have those numbers floating around, I'm gonna kind of go on that theme. What if we were to think about 42 times 17? So I might expect a beginning student to do 10 17s, 2017s 40 17s then they then a completely new problem think about okay now i need if, if it's 42 17s completely new problem now i gotta find two 17s not recognizing that they already had 20 17s. they could mm-hmm. use that to help them scale down like divide by 10 to find the two 17s 20 mm-hmm. 17s is is uh 340 then two seventeens would have to be thirty-four. Not even thinking about that, there would be a whole new problem. And then they would add once they found the two seventeens, they would add that back to get the forty-two. Now I might I might be nudging students who really own that. We want to start there. We want that's going to be their first sort of thing to do. We want to start there. But then I want to nudge students using problem strings to help them think about, ooh, could I? So if I was to solve forty-two times seventeen, use thinking about 42 like I might think about 1742s. But if I was thinking about 42 17s, now I might go, okay, one to 17, 217s is 34, 417s is 68. F- therefore, 40 17s, now what's funny, Kim, is in my ratio table where I had the four to sixty-eight, I'm mm-hmm. just tacking on a zero to make it 40 mm-hmm. to 680. Yeah, And I'm going to give my daughter credit for that one. I was watching my daughter solve problems and she would literally, if she knew she was headed for 40, she would find two, four, and then turn that four into a 40. And whatever that was, the the four to 68 became 40 to 680. And then, in so now my ratio table on my paper literally is one to 17, two to 36, uh, 34. I can read my writing. Two to 34, 40 to 680. And then I just add the 40 and the two together. To get the 42 and then the corresponding, I, I hadn't done that yet. Is that 714? <laughs> I can add live there um, to get the 42 17s. So then when I figured that out, then I got excited. And then I was like, whoa, like so 44 17s. Once you found the four, you've got the 40, just add it back to the four and then you've got 44. Then I got excited to do things like 88 17s because. I could find the eight seventeens, then I would have the eighty seventeens, mm-hmm. and I would just have to add it to the eight seventeens. Mm-hmm. Like lots of ways of finding the small number first, find the eight seventeens, and bam, just scale that up yeah. to the eighty seventeens. Became a way that was more multiplicative and a way that I could sort of mess with smaller numbers first before I had to mess with the bigger numbers. Does that make sense when I say that, Kim, that I was kind of messing, like, if you're finding 10 17s and doubling that to get twenty 17s, you're doubling 170. Right. Right. And right. then now I've got twenty seventeens is 340. To get the 40, now you're doubling 340. You're, you're messing with these big numbers it almost, versus, oh, go ahead, what? It almost feels like what you're about to say, the... the Sticking with the the single
1: digits, it almost feels like a little bit more of a pre-planning. Like you know you're going to forty, but you want to stay in one, two, four, mm. forty. It's, it's almost the anticipatory like, thinking.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you're considering yeah. where you're heading. And, and so that is more sophisticated, right? right. It, 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 you're not just kind of, okay, I need 40. Well, let's find some chunks I know and start working up there. Instead, mm-hmm. you're kind of anticipating, well, if I need 40, bam, if I have four, I can scale times 10 to get the 40. I, it's really yeah. nice. Thanks for, for well, popping I think, that in there.
1: And I think that what you said is, is true. Like, you know, we're we're not dogging the, 10 groups, 20 groups, 40 groups. Um, no, that's necessary. That, we necessary, have to start there, right? Yeah. But then yeah. we can start um, considering and kind of lobbing out. Well, what if you had 40? Could you have one, two, four, forty? 40? Would that, just throwing out the suggestion that
0: that might be a thing to consider and see who mm-hmm. takes that up. And how do we throw that out? I would suggest it would be a problem string. The problem string yeah. would literally be what we just did. Find two of them, find four of them, find 40 of them. Mm-hmm. And then let kids realize, oh, I can, from the four, I can scale to get the 40. Huh. That's a thing. Ha! Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So this idea of when, when you do kind of the less sophisticated, less anticipatory thinking strategy of kind of just working up. And so you end up, you end up working with these bigger numbers also plays out in the five is half a 10 strategy mm-hmm. because there's this cool extension of how we can use a tweak on the five is half a 10 strategy that lets us deal with smaller numbers first and then scale. So for example, if we were dealing with a problem like 50, five, zero, 50 times 15, that might not have been my smartest number choice since now I'm dealing all these 15 sounding things. So 50 times 15, If I was doing that problem, we might expect a less sophisticated learner to do exactly what we just said, where they might find 10 15s and then double that to get 20 15s, double that to get 40 15s, and then add back the 10 15s so 40 and 10 to get the 50 15s. We might expect Mm -hmm. a a beginning sort of bigger number multiplier to to mess with that. But then we want to deal with the 5 is half a 10 strategy, which is also has an analog of 50 is half of 100. And so to find 50 15s, we might um, nudge students to find 100 15s. Now that I know that that's 1,500, then I can think about 50 15s as half of that. And so half of 1,500 is 750. And bam, I've got, I can use 5 is half a 10 to help me think about 50 15s. But the analog here. Of uh, th- those are big numbers, right? I'm thinking about 115s and then I'm cutting that in half to get 50 15s. The analog of using the smaller numbers and then scaling would mm-hmm. be could I think about 10 15s is 150 to get 5 15s? So if 10 15s is 150, then 5 15s is half of 150 is 75. Now scale that up to get 50. 15s of scaling up to 75 times 10 to get 750. But then there's even a third analog (laughs) where we can even deal with smaller numbers. And this is really the middle school move. This is where I want to move sort of in fifth and sixth grade, where to think again, remember our original problem is 50 times 15. So to find 50, 15s, could I find half of 15 or 0.5, half of 15? What? Half of 15? Well, yeah, because 0.5 is going to eventually, again, this anticipatory thinking, if I need 50 of them, well, I could find 10 of them to get 5, but can I just find 0.5 of them, half of 15, and then scale that 0.5 up to 50? So half of yeah. 15 is that 7.5, which therefore, at five 15s would be 75, which therefore, 50 15s would be 750. So that's an analog of I can kind of deal with the smaller numbers first and then scale up. And that is more both multiplicative thinking and Mm -hmm. more anticipatory thinking where we kind of see the end from the beginning and kind of have a roadmap of how to get there, which is more sophisticated. Cool, right? It is really cool. Yeah. It's so cool. So we wanted to do an episode today to kind of help you in on this subtle sophisticated move that we want to help students make. And what are the best ways to do that? Problem strings that showcase these relationships and that help students realize, oh, that's a thing. And then we can bring that in to our work. Super cool. Thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figuratable movement, visit mathisfiguroutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. Remember, we're going to be opening
1: registration for the Math is Figure Outable Challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom. That are naturally engaging and encourage students to think
0: mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.